Hi everyone, you're listening to the Paranormal Cast with Lee Enfield and Sally Morgan. We'll be going through some of the paranormal news of the past week and also run through a couple of movies I finally managed to get around to subjecting Sally to to fill in the horrendous gaps in her otherwise immaculate horror movie knowledge. Um, stick around with us, it's going to be a pretty fun show. We've got a lot of awesome stuff happening around the world. Sally, you're sat in the news desk over there. I am. Um, first one we're going to talk about is, I don't know where you found it, but the sexy exorcist ridding America of its demons. Um, with the sexorcists, as they call themselves. They are, um, just to clear things up, 18, 17 and 19. And the guy who's involved, I'm going to guess he's about 50 to 60. He looks too old to be playing with these girls. Yeah, kind of Jimmy Savile. No, no, I'm not necessarily got Jimmy Savile. He's, <laughs> yeah, I would hate to accuse him of anything like that, but he, oh, he's got a funny shaped forehead. It, um, in, you probably won't see the picture. His forehead is about twice as wide as his chin. He's a bit hydrocephalic looking. Yeah, these are. This is a priest who met these three young women. Has convinced them. This is in Phoenix, Arizona, and he's convinced these three young women that they are exorcists. Yep, um, basically they do a ritual, which doesn't sound much for ritual. They chant, thrust Bibles and crosses as they read possessed uh, women inside of, uh, possessed women with demons inside of them. Um, at the end, the victim vomits in a bucket and apparently that is the, what is this one? A The evil Chinese spirit named Jezebel leaving this woman's body. Right, I have... I, as you know, as I've mentioned on uh, Paranormal Cast previously, I do try and be subjective about this. May, and so, firstly, maybe this is they're right. They are. I think any therapy which ends in vomit probably isn't the best therapy in the world. And a Chinese spirit named Jezebel. Well, that's another trouble I have. I'm not <laughs> convinced that Jezebel is a very Chinese name. Can we just add one of the captions of one of the photos is Exorcism in Action, the girls are all black belts in karate. Well, I'm now wondering if this is the teaser for some new Karate movie that's kid. coming out. I yeah. think this may be the horror version of a Karate Kid. Instead of training him in Karate, they become exorcist professionals. Or Buffy the Vampire Slayer with decent fight sequences. That could be quite interesting. Um, the reverend involved has carried out more than 15,000 15, exorcists. 15,000? Yes. Um, and he reckons that probably about half of uh, the population of America is possessed. Tragically, I can't think of anything I've done 15,000 times. Um, I can think of one thing. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you're like... Oh, wow. <laughs> um, apparently, and I quote the Reverend here, we're a very desperate, morally cu- uh, bankrupt culture, and that's where demons operate, apparently. Um, especially if you're poor you're going to be possessed, so, you know, just give up any hope. Now, I, I wonder how much saying. these exorcisms cost. Um, I don't actually think it says. It, well, um, maybe it's not that I mean, If he's doing 15000 maybe he's doing cheap and cheerful. Could be. Buy one, get one free, possibly. But um, this is possibly my favourite. I trained the girls how to spot the difference between mental illness and possession. I'm presuming if they're spinning their head round and puking green everywhere, probably not going to be a mental illness. Yeah, but there are grey areas. What grey area do you get in that? Violently masturbating with a crucifix. Touche. Yeah. Yeah, probably something, yeah. Um, They learn some of the basic factors, these girls, and if someone has been diagnosed with a mental illness, uh, they can't do an exorcism. Well, that would make perfect sense. Yes, but that's like saying that someone with Tourette's then can't be possessed. Yeah. technically what they're saying there. So he... 
I see. So he, if he, they are mentally ill, yeah. they can't be possessed. No, it's what he's saying. If I was Satan, and I'm not saying that I am, but I would then possess mental people. Just to piss them off, I think. It's, um, he's talked to himself out of a large sector of the market. My point being, he hasn't said how mental, like what kind of mental illness. I mean, that covers everything from depression to schizophrenia. True. So you've got like a huge, okay, they're quite closely linked, but you've got a huge selection of people there. Yeah. It, I think he's been a bit silly on Wednesday. You think he's shooting himself in the foot market was? A little bit. Or well, they might have kicked him in yeah, the foot. So, uh, yeah. does, does the guy have a name even? Um, Reverend Larson. Oh, there we his go. Name yes. is. With Brian, Tess and Savannah. Um, who are 18, 17, 19 again. Um, and the pictures of them is like they're trying to take... Almost, I, I imagine in the X-Files, they're all holding a cross, staring at you with a Bible. I think it's a piss take of the X-Files, to be honest, is all I can say. Um, the, the picture is doubly concerning. I think it's because the, the, the priest has got a crucifix around his neck and is holding another crucifix. Does one cancel the other one out? No, no, sir, I think but he could go two-handed if he wanted to. Uh, also, I'll, I'll try and post a link up to this on the site, so just so you can see. This one on the left appears to be holding an iPad. Is that not? Maybe it's the. It's got the uh, Bible app. Um, is there an app for exorcisms? Well, the quote is there is an app for that, so... Um, yeah, we're going for eye exorcism. It's always possible with a different selection of what to do, depending on what people they're having. And which way their head's spinning, clockwise one, anti-clockwise the other. You never know. We will have to invest in this app. It sounds like more like your field of expertise than mine. I'm going to have to look this yeah. up very shortly. She's done 15,000 of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Okay. Um, rare skeleton of vampire discovered in Britain with spikes through shoulders, heart and ankles. Um, when was this? This is from the 4th. And um, apparently it's one of the very few vampire burials in England or Britain that have actually emerged. And the skeleton dates from between um, 550 to 700 AD. So, quite an old one. That's very old. That's Dark Ages. Mm, which, um, where is it from? Southwell in Nottinghamshire. Why do we have to have shear on the end? It's like shire on the end of everything. It's ridiculous. We don't have it. We're from Kent. We don't have it on the end of Kentshire? everything. It's not called Kentshire. It's totally called Kentshire. It's not called Kentshire. They're from Nottinghamshire. I mean, this was... Relatively common, there were so many ways of dying which were prescribed as being a potential cause of vampirism or uh, lycanthropy. Um, and the ones that stick in my mind in particular is uh, ghost, uh, suicides were supposed to be very, very likely to come back as the undead. Um, if an animal leapt over the body, is one that stuck in my mind, and that's supposed to come back as... I don't know if there's something sticks in my mind about executed criminals can come back as the undead as well, but I might be mistaken okay. on that. But these, this guy is, like I say, really an old specimen for so 550 to 700 AD. It's called the Dark Ages because we don't know a lot about that period. So it's unusual to find anything from that era at mm-hmm. all. So uh, it's metal spikes through his shoulders, heart and ankles. That is presumably to pin him into the grave to stop him being able to claw his way out again would have been, I mean, that's where the uh, stake through the heart in vampire mythology comes from. It's, originally it wasn't, that was what killed him, it was do that to stop them coming back to life, stop them getting out of the coffin. You're okay. essentially uh, pinning them in place like a butterfly collector. That's so cruel. Uh, well, they are uh, dead by that point. Well, yeah, I'm presuming so. Um, oh, it's believed to be a deviant burial where people considered the dangerous dead, such as vampires, were interred to prevent them rising from their graves to plague the living. Yeah, so this guy would have been 
that I would have suspected that he was going to come back Question. as a vampire. You, you're full of them, yes? Yep. Vampires are the undead anyway, apparently. Right. And they're worried about an undead coming back from the dead. No, I'm saying he died and they were suspecting he was going to come back as a vampire. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they would have done everything possible to do that. They, I mean, they would have thrown rice in the coffee. There's another one. They, I'm not a vampire expert, but I seem to remember. Uh, there was this belief that vampires suffer from really, really strong OCD. And if you throw rice at them, they've got to stop and count every single grain of rice on the way. And then they get distracted and um, have to go back into the coffee. Apparently. It's, I'm not making this up if you throw rice. Am I right? You throw rice at a vampire, it's got to sit and count it. Find a vampire now. It's not as stupid as anything Twilight's come up with, let's be honest. Maybe it's to stop them sparkling. Yeah. It absorbs the sparkles. If starch from rice stops <laughs> Cullens from sparkling. No, go find a Cullen. Um, I bet you read the Twilight books when you were a teenager and I bet you loved them. We read them before the fucking films came out. <laughs> Hipster. Um, yeah, apparently as well, um, throughout this time when the punishments are being buried... Yeah, the punishment of being buried, which I don't get, in waterlogged uh, ground face down, decapitated, staked or otherwise, was reserved for thieves, murderers or traitors, or later of those deviants who did not conform to society's rules, adulterers, disruptors of the peace, the umpires or oath breakers. So, it's like 90% of the population now, surely. Now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, now. I'm not, I'm not then, they're all good then. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they were lovely. Dark Ages, Black Death, lovely time. Just because it's called Dark Ages doesn't mean they're all very dark. Well, it's called the Dark Ages because we don't know anything about exactly. it. Exactly, so yeah. you don't know if they're nice or not. But I generally, I think what you're saying is that the average lineup of a Jeremy Kyle show should be buried in mortal log ground, face down, decapitated and staked. Yeah, pretty much. And um, that's a point which is hard to argue with. If you have any evidence against it, um, I don't think there will be. No. Um, is it what? Do we know how they found this vampire um, body as well? Apparently, it was. Let's go through our news. Um, it was found by archaeologist Charles Daniels during the original investigation of the site in Church Street in the town 1959, which revealed Roman remains. 1959. Yeah. So. He. I'm presuming that he kind of went through it and then went. Shit! I think I forgot something. There. <laughs> went back, found his keys, and um, a vampire. Counting his case. Yeah. I mean, well, we've, we know they're OCD, so... Yeah. Um, it's just quite... It's a long time, unless it's only just reached the news, which would be a bit odd, I think. If something's so, gone wrong with their Twitter account, if that's the case. <laughs> it froze for a long yeah. time. Um, they were trying to actually get the bullets to tweet the actual, you know, the whole news. Didn't go very well. Um, apparently he, uh, Mr Bearsford, the man who discovered them, believes the remains may still be buried on the site... But originally, because Mr. Daniels was unable to remove the body from the ground. Um, oh no, so someone else, an expert on this, believes that the actual archaeologist can't remove it. Um, for whatever reason, um, it's not. Uh, there's no actual reason given as to why he thinks that he can't remove them, but I'm presuming there's going to be a curse or something. Or he was hammered to the ground. There could be that. Could be that indeed, yeah. Um, he was found with four iron, oh, it's four iron clamps while burning ambers were placed on top of the grave by the look of it. Um, how they worked that out, I don't quite know. Maybe it was written down, I'm presuming, but it's it's what they've found about it. Sure. So. Okay. What else have you got for us? What else have we got? We have got Prince Charles, heir to Dracula's bloodline. Apparently there are links between the British royal family and Count Dracula. I'm not... 
surprised because they're all related at some degree or another. Yeah, but to be related to Dracula or Vlad the Inhaler is yeah, quite... Yeah, obviously. If I said he was related to Count Dracula, I would be saying, hang on a minute, he's a fictional character. You can't say that. Also, his wife looks like she has a phobia of wallabies, so... Yeah, stop there referencing we. pictures. We'll put the pictures up, it's fine, everyone okay. know about this. Um, apparently, the, the links between the royal family and Vlad the Impaler, the 15th century nobleman whose deeds inspired the vampire legend, are being exploited in an attempt to lure tourists to the Eastern European countries. So, uh, that strikes me as really odd, because I would have said that Vlad the, if you're, Vlad the Impaler is you know, your, your gross domestic product, yeah. that's enough appeal anyway, not only is he... Uh, you know, a significant historical figure in terms of a legend that he's engendered, and then you've got the Dracula thing tied into that as well. I don't think you tying it into Prince Charles is really going to pull that many more people. No, you'd want to go unless there the... is a dedicated fan club of Prince Charlesites that I've previously been unaware of, who be are sitting, the next show? have discovered this news and are going, "Oh wow, that sounds great! I didn't previously know that Prince Charles related to Vlad the Impaler." Let's go to Romania. You would have at least chosen like an interesting royal, surely, like it's... Prince Harry or something like that. Yeah, because surely they are, if Prince Charles is related, because they're all cousins, if Prince Charles is related to Vlad Tepes, then surely the Queen is related to Vlad Tepes. Well, yes. Yeah, so surely Prince William is related to Vlad Tepes. Yes. So, by that extension, pretty much all of the royal family are related to Vlad Tepes. Well, yes. It's supposed to be news that the royal family is related to another royal family. Apparently so, but um, I'll let you actually read out the whole bloodline. Um, oh, it sounds fascinating. It is. It's just genius because we've got... Uh, I won't read the names, but we've got... Vlad the Impaler was a half-brother of someone who's the father of, who's the father of, who's the father of, who's the mother of... Right. Who's the mother of, who's the father of, who's the mother of... No, father of, who's the mother of, who's the mother of, who's the mother of... Who's the father of, the mother of, mother of, father of, mother of... Mother of, mother of... Father of, mother of, sorry. I haven't heard this many mother of, father of since I went to Russia. <laughs> It does sound like a really, really shitty vodka drink, to yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah, there's like genuinely two pages worth of links here. Um, and to be honest, if you... It's, so I, I think what you're trying to say is it actually would be a closer correlation between Vlad Tepes... Or Vlad Tepes and Kevin Bacon. Pretty much. But then there is the theory that everyone in the world is related by, is it five or six links, I think it yeah, is? Yeah, so oh, really... If it's taking them 20 links to get from Prince Charles to Vlad Tepes, that's, they're not trying hard enough. Mm. I mean, is it six links as in you have to be related or is it you have to know someone? Because if so, I'm I've got my link to him. Which is? My friend. Right. Her dad. Right. Has met Prince Charles. Right. Who is related. To, to Vlad Tepes. Yeah. Fuck yes. Yeah. Life is good. Yeah. And you have a link as well, see? Because I know you, so yeah. my steps are one, one step further removed. Yeah. Okay, that's how, oh. that's how social networking works, boys and girls. So I'm better acquainted with Dracula than you are. Burn. Man, that feels weird. But you haven't even read it, have you? I know there's fangs and You've read blood. You're one of those people who's read Twilight but hasn't read Dracula, aren't you? I wouldn't say read Twilight. I'd say more breeze through it because you know that there's food coming out and you, don't, you kind of want to be the hipster that's read it before the films. How old were you? I was... I don't think I was in uniform, so I would have... <laughs> she wasn't in the army. 
I was in school, what did yeah. you expect? Um, I think it was about 16 at the time. About 16, okay. Yeah. Um, I remember waiting for the last. I read Dracula out. when I was 15. I was five at the time, it's fine. No, for God's sake. I was Stop doing that to me. I was colouring shit at this time. Maybe maybe a Dracula. Maybe, a, maybe a drawing of Prince Charles. It's yeah. Dark. So that's. I mean, that seems desperation on the part of the Romanian tourist board to me. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, like you say, why Prince Charles? Why focus on him? Who are the Prince Charles officiandos desperately visiting every spot? You know, who is seeing that and going, fuck yeah, I want to go to Romania. That sounds amazing. Yeah, this is something I don't, I can't understand at all. I mean, it, you know, that's like finding out that your favourite celebrity drunk coffee once with someone's sister and now you want to go meet that someone. Yeah, it's okay. Not, it, it, to me, it's that kind of link. Um, no, I'd say that's actually closer because okay, so going for a cup of coffee with someone isn't separated by 500 years. Yeah, it's a long time. All right, so it was a celebrity then. and Elizabeth Baffery. Yeah. Okay. So Elizabeth Baffery went for... I don't know where this conversation's going, but Neither it's been fun. Um, and our last amazing news story, which has got to be my favourite... Ever. I don't know why. I just kind of went, oh, when I saw this. Right. Um, the secret of living 110 years. Britain's oldest man, so it's all down to a magic potion from India. Um, he became uh, Britain's oldest man on Sunday when he turned 110. Um, and he says it's thanks to an elixir of life given to him by an Indian doctor during the Second World War. Um, the uh, elixir of life is apparently a mysterious brown-looking potion. Which I find quite weird. Something else I find interesting. He has been a reverend, and he was a reverend by the looks of it at the time, or I think he became reverend afterwards. So right. We're talking religious man who believes in magic here. That is unusual. Yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Um, Very strange. But he has lived to see 26 prime ministers, received seven telegrams from the Queen. Most people don't even get one. No, I've never got one. You're not 100. <laughs> and was alive when the Wright brothers piloted the first powered plane in 1903. Wow. At the time, he was probably barely one, but it's even time. so. That, that is 110 is just a number. After a while, isn't it? you don't actually stop and think about all the things this guy has seen. Yeah, I think you kind of just go, "What's happened last 110 years?" and realise this guy has seen it all. Yeah, I mean, that's because when he was a kid, there wouldn't have been any cars at all. No, exactly. as, as you say, um, if he was. One, when the Wright brothers did the first power flight, then he would have grown up without any aeroplanes in the sky. Because you just kind of take for granted, he wouldn't have noticed. Oh, no, exactly. Um, reflecting on all he has witnessed, he said, I remember before the days of tarmac, the roads were all dust heaps, which I just find... I couldn't imagine life. You don't, you don't think of that. But this man has seen, has gone from seeing the first plane to seeing a man jump off of the edge of space. Yeah. That's, in 110 years, to know we've done that and to know that there's been someone to witness that, I still find that quite just amazing. Yeah. But the interesting, uh, is a paranormal take on this, is that he does subscribe it all to this magic potion that was given yes. to him, of this mysterious brown looking, which are words I generally try and avoid putting in my mouth, given to him by a doctor when he was an army chaplain in India. Yeah. Um, at first, I, I, got me, I didn't read the fact he was an Indian, I was assuming he was a witch doctor, but the fact it wasn't... Um, that's what almost worries me, the fact it might have actually been not medicine as such. But so I'm how much longer is this potion going to continue to work for? Well, in all honesty, I will be completely honest. And I mean, he's got his money's worth. I'm not saying oh, yeah. anything like that. You know, oh, no. If um, I'd drunk that and lived to be 80, I'd be like, that's probably worth it. Help me a bit. Yeah. If he died the next day... It was mysterious and brown looking, but it worked. 
didn't say how liquidy it was. Um, <laughs> fragrant. In all honesty, it looks like he kind of stopped aging at eighty. So he oh. he does look incredibly young. He looks yeah, like you say, he looks eighty. At one hundred and ten, anything younger than a hundred, I think you look young. Yeah, I mean he's and he's obviously up and around and talking and so forth. Because a lot of his, you do see old uh, you know aged people who are uh, ninety a hundred and make really to be fair to more they can do is sit in a chair. Maybe watch a bit of telly and fall asleep. But this yeah. guy does seem to have life force, which is uh, always impressive. When you get those old guys, you can still do stuff. It's just always impressive. Um, yeah, the um, the conversation apparently that took place between him and the doctor, um, Doctor Who that is, yeah. um, he said to me, I have concocted a drink that will make you live forever, or something like that, and would I like to take it? Well, I'm very naive. I can't say no, so I drank it, and here I am. Must could it have been just really, really strong coffee? It is very possible, and he hasn't. He may not have slept since then. I want a coffee now. You always want coffee. You always want some form of caffeine. I can't um, function without it. But the former teacher and church minister was born on November the fourth, nineteen o two, in Tunstall, Staffordshire. Um, it's just absolutely. I mean, they. We'll see if we can get the po- the pictures up, but they have got the yeah, pictures. Yeah, stick them on the site, that's fine. Um, it's all to do with the magic potion, so he's now saying, you know, it's not just an elixir, it is a magic potion. Yeah. Um, but he's been, I'm presuming, choir boy. Um, Which oh. means he was in the choir, not a member of 80s cock rock band for choir boys. Oh, that would be amazing. He was ordained as a minister in 1932 and left, and then in the 1940s he um, was in the British Army. But he's still looking young for his age. Is yeah. Um, the minister snapped smiling in the 1960s and painting in the early 1980s. He's been married three times. He only has one son and two grandchildren. Who um, are presumably also immortal. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it could be like nuclear waste gets into your bloodstream, affects your children. It could be like Mr Jingles in Green Mile. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> he was ordained in the 1920s and later volunteered... And he was um, ordained in the 1920s and later volunteered as an army chaplain. Chaplain? Chaplain. Chaplain. In Burma and India during the Second World War. In 58, he became a teacher and later served as a minister before retiring 29 years ago, aged 80. So the mysteries that then come to me from this is where is this Indian guy? Yeah. I well, how many other people has he given this supposed elixir to? I want to control on that. I mean,. Uh, is it possible that he made it? Is for there him an army of the undead wandering around? Well, I say wandering around. Is there an army of the undead currently in various old retirement persons, homes, homes, paintings, yeah, knitting? It's always possible. I mean, I don't think we're going to be suffering from an uprising anytime soon. I think they're a bit too creaky to worry about. I don't even think they'd want an uprising. I think they're mm. quite happy just painting. Um, Apparently the oldest living man, though, aged 115, is, you can say that name. Jerome, let's start again, Jeromeon Kimura? Yep, from Japan. Okay. Racist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, he's got like five more, well, um, yeah, about five more years to go. Is it possible that Jeromeon Kimura has also been given this elixir and it's a race between the two of them? A race? Surely that's the worst race ever because it's who's going to live longest. Lose. Oh right, I know it's a competition. Then. Well, yeah. Um, but apparently he's received. Um, he got his telegram on his hundredth, his hundred fifth, one every year since, and he says he wants to live until he's hundred and twenty. Maybe that's when it runs out because okay. most like the oldest mm. people in the world so far have only reached about hundred and twenty. It's like only, you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
maybe they've all been given this potion and it kind of expires on your 120th birthday or something, I don't know. Okay. And anything after that is like, you're on your own. So, I don't know, it's possible. True death. I don't think there is any more on this one, which is a shame. Okay. Um, oh, and his son Christopher, who kind of looks really quite young for his son. Oh, no, they are immortal. So, but this picture here, I'm really, going to just quite Really slow versions of... So we're just going to put a picture here of Prince Charles next to Reverend Dean here. Yeah. Um, just say... You think they're the same person? I don't think they're the same person. Are you saying... I think they're related. You're saying Reverend Dean is actually Vlad the Impaler? It is highly possible. Well, who was around... Let's, start, let's see. Who in his timeline was around about 100 oh, years ago, God. shall we? Well, I can tell you. It's uh, Elizabeth the Queen Mother. Oh, George, thank you. See? Oh, George would be around as well, yes. So it's possible. He's George. Yes. Mm-hmm. Genius. So he's his grandfather. Done. I'm done with history. Sorted it out. Logic wins. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Sally Morgan is on the case. Historian liar. Amazing at this. Oh, I think we should talk about this. You just want to talk about this last one? Just very, very quickly. Just a quick mention. Um, we'll just say the headline. Mm-hmm. Which doctor calls election for Barack Obama after an- analysing shells and bones? This was the day before it was actually announced he won. So, um, and the shell that told him that Barack Obama was going to win was a white one. So, take from that what you will. So, he cast runes using seashells. Yep. And accurately predicted a 50-50 chance. Yes. Amazing. Um, however, he declared Obama is very far ahead and is definitely going to win. He won um, 55 to 45%, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Yep, that was definitely landslide if ever I've seen one. Good at this sarcasm. Anyway, Sally's movie knowledge is... Well, you're getting better, aren't you, with my guidance and help and blows to the back of her head. Yeah, I've seen films now. Yeah. Because there there were serious games. You hadn't seen Friday the 13th before Star Wars, yeah? Um, Haven't seen Alien. Haven't seen seen Aliens, which is the best one. Um, What else haven't I seen? Oh, no, I saw Friday. No, I saw Freddy before. You'd seen Nightmare on Elm Street before, yeah. Yeah. Suspiria, seen... we've educated you with. Oh, yeah, haven't seen that. Which you liked. That was brilliant. Yeah, Zombie Flesh Eaters, which is one of my personal favourites. That was probably a lot better than it should have been. I love it. Um, Bone Sickness, watch it, please. It will change your life. It is the most amazing film ever. I should have won Oscars. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Um, so we're generally <laughs> been trying to figure out, because as you as you've told from early parts of the podcast, the only really horror noise beforehand was... Scooby-Doo. Twilight. Yeah, Twilight. I, I enjoyed the books. I'll make that. I oh, know it's just been recorded and I'm going to regret that for the rest of my oh, life. Oh, yes. You will get people coming up to you in shows and going, you're the one who likes Twilight. I don't like it. I just prefer the books to the films. Okay, how are you getting on 50 shows of Grey? 15,000 <laughs> times. Um, <laughs> um, so, yes, we watched two films, three films, but I kind of didn't pay much attention no, to Reanimator. She fell asleep during Reanimator. I'm very sorry. Your sofa's is quite comfy. Um, and then there was pizza and I got very distracted. This is true. Um, Yes, we watched the Witchfinder General. The uh, Michael Reeves Witchfinder General, which is one of my favourite horror movies, uh, which features Vincent Price as Matthew Hopkins, a Witchfinder General, in a mostly fictionalised account Mm. of his life. But I I absolutely love that film. I genuinely wasn't expecting it to... It's one of those that you see the opening and and you kind of sit there and go... Oh, it's going to be boobs in the next ten minutes, and th- that is a quality sign. Boobs in the first ten minutes of film, it's shit. Just yeah. don't bother. And then it's like the reverse of a working week, I find. Oh yeah, 
boobs at the end are always good. <laughs> um, when they when they run, not as good. Um, but it was actually fantastic. Even with the blood, it, the blood was kind of like. Oh, it's so a proper Tygon, really, really, yeah, really like red neon. blood. Was, yeah, that was possible. I don't know where Tygon and Amicus and Hammer got their blood from, but it's don't know what blood looks it's, like. It's awesome. It's um, <laughs> yeah, you kind of look and go, oh, really? You, you love it for it anyway, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, but the the deaths that they had in it, the witches being killed, they were. They they weren't like you know really gory or anything, but they were quite almost touching. They were quite horrific. Uh, there being a swarm on the bridge, I think is horrible. Um, I think is that the it, one where she gets put into the? No, well, she's lowered oh, down. No. Or, yeah, she's very kind of crucified, don't they? And then gently lower her down onto the fire. Yeah, that is. is. Yeah, but it's, I think that's what I like. I mean, Vincent Price said it is of all the films he made, that was one he was personally most proud of. Mm. And I I think it is the realism. But uh, I say you can talk about the. Uh, ridiculously red blood and uh, all you like the when it comes to it it is shocking because it is done so realistic yes it is and the first thing they open with is a woman being brought up a hill to be hung isn't it yeah. and that is it actually got got to me that one it actually yeah. made me a little bit emotional yeah and i know for a woman that's very rare um but it was you know, it's the actresses and actors. They they were really fantastic. Yeah. Normally, I was expecting you. Know, oh no, I'm going to die. Or don't do that. And then the breathing. And yeah. S- when they're dead, but no, it was it was absolutely fantastic. Really, really good film. Yeah, I'm really glad you liked it. It's, it's one of my favourites as well. On that note, I read a book. Uh, it was already Sid Moore's Witch Hunt, which mm-hmm. is closely tied in because it's a lot of it. It's uh, a journalist who is writing. Uh, a serious book on Matthew Hopkins and the Essex witchcraft trials and it follows her through she starts getting ripped in. it goes a bit thriller she gets wrapped up in a lot of like, conspiracy about it but uh, if you into, if you like Witch Hunt in general I really recommend Witch Hunt as well if you've got a Kindle it's currently 99p on the Kindle store so well worth it uh, the other movie we got you to watch was The Tale of Ju- Two Sisters Ju and Kim's Tale of Two Sisters which is I, again, I think it's an amazing film. That, I really love that one. That actually managed to... Uh, I was still thinking about that till yesterday morning. That's the last yeah. like, three four days. Where I went, <laughs> oh my God, I just worked it all out. I felt like a fucking yeah. genius. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, that was... like It takes you... You know, you're expecting one thing to happen and then you're kind of shown something else and then something mm. else and something else. And at the end, they don't actually tell you what what's going on. They just kind of yeah. go... Make your mind up. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, Tale of Two Sisters is a story of... Um, Tale of Two Sisters? This, yeah, essentially. <laughs> two, two young sisters who are staying with their father and stepmother and strange things start occurring around the house. Ghostly figures are seen. Um, things that are supposed to have happened, teams didn't happen and vice versa. A lot of things gets forgotten. There's jump cuts. There's time doesn't seem to be running correctly. It's a very... A typical J horror. It's very creepy, mm-hmm. but uh, especially for the, the ghost in the bedroom bit is terrifying. I think um, it's horrific because I think most people are so used to the American horror. You know, you hear the music, and either something happens at the end of the music, or it stops, and then something happens. With this, it was, it wasn't at all what you're expecting, and that in the in the bedroom, it wasn't even like a slow build up. It just kind of, there's a figure and it appears and it just arises above the bed, with its head bent, and it is the most Mm. If you've seen Ring or The Grudge, uh, as you on The Grudge, but it's that kind of. I mean, I think Japanese horror does ghosts so well. Yes, it does, and it's so unexpected. I mean, so many people like 
we used to, you know, you shut, you open the fridge, shut it, there'll be something yeah, there. Yeah, or push the bar for a mirror, turn the sofa standing behind Always. you. Yeah. But on this, they kind of went, you know, they, they knew you were expecting that. I yeah, think it all, didn't go down that road. Yeah, I mean, when there was a woman who looked in a fridge, closed it, stood up and turned around, but it wasn't a, oh my God, there's something there. It was a slow pan, and you went, yeah. oh, there's something there that yeah. shouldn't be. Um, because that wasn't the bit that was meant to make you jump, but... Definitely a film that kept me on the edge of my seat and squeezing her hand quite tightly. Yeah, she realize. gets scared, bless her. I didn't jump or get scared. Have you seen many of the Ring or Joe or anything like um, that? I've only seen the American version of the Ring. Oh, right. we can fix that. Yeah, I still love the ending of I'm Not Your Fucking Mummy and Shutting the Well on Her. Um, oh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it. Really? No. Oh, wow, that's possibly um, obviously the girl that causes uh, everything. Stalker, she's, yeah. Yeah, she's somehow, I can't remember why, but she's in a well climbing yes. up. Yelling out, Mummy! And the woman just goes, oh, that's new. I'm not your fucking mummy, and shuts the well on her. Um, and then they somehow made about four or five sequels, I think. I, I lose count. Nah, the, the Japanese one sounds a lot better. Man. That's a, like, so it's a dark water. I don't like the original. I think the uh, Jennifer Connelly American version is a, a lot better. Mm. Yeah. That said, I'm generally opinion anything with Jennifer Connelly in it is pretty good. Can't actually remember which one she oh. is. <laughs> She ran before me? Yes. Okay. It's in Labyrinth. Yeah. That's her. No, I haven't. No, I think I was <laughs> Labyrinth. Okay. You yeah, haven't in Labyrinth? No. Good Lord, you abused Bowie. as a child or something. I don't like David Bowie. Get out. Not much. Really? He's alright. I think you, that's a type I thought amazing. It's okay, you'll do. I don't actually know what sort of music you listen to, so. Um, my passion. <laughs> Ooh. These ones. Yeah, you've got a tattoo of a band I've never heard of. Yeah, fucking hipster me. Yeah, true. The little devil. She read there. Twilight before it was a film. Yes, I did. Yeah. I'm proud of that fact. And Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've I've read about Harry Potter's. They're all right. Stravaganza, love them. That's what, not what? horror. Stravaganza. They're um, it's a series of books, and the idea being in the first one is a guy who's got cancer. He's a teenager. His dad gives him a book that he's found in a dump, as you do, um, and he goes to sleep with it in his bed, and he wakes up in Venice, but in a place where, um, obviously, you've got Romulus and... Who's the other Remus. one? Remus. Remus. This is where Remus won. Okay. Um, he's in Italia, not Italy, and it's, like, in the 14th century or something like that. Okay. Um, and the idea being that he can travel between time with this notebook, and it's actually a really good series. So. Okay. Well, I'm not going to criticise you. I like a lot of kids' series. That's fine. Teenager series is a huge what? difference. You were Skullduggery Pleasant, that's amazing. No, who's that? That's by Darren. Uh, Derek Landy. Oh, yeah. who's Darren? Darren Shang. Yeah. He does the, I can't remember what they're called, Certain oh. Freak series. I want to say, but I'm not um, 100% sure that's right. Yeah, my friends read them, said how good no. they are. So. No, uh, if you like Harry Potter, then Skullduggery Pleasant is like, imagine Harry Potter with like Blackadder levels of sarcasm. Oh, that's It's amazing. Incredible. Yeah, it's hilarious. I had the first one on audiobook and had to stop listening to it because I was walking along the high street laughing to myself. <laughs> but you were in Chatham and in all honesty. Oh, yeah, no, no one really noticed. It's more yeah. for my own self-respect. It's not really paranormal. It's just not what you'd expect out of normal human beings down there with some of the quotes you hear and... You have to go, did that happen? Oh, we, really? we live in a lovely area. Yes, we do. Some of it's all right. No, it isn't. Um, I think, you know, if there was a zombie outbreak, though, we'd probably... Wouldn't, wouldn't notice. No. It's only when people actually come up to you and try and be friendly, that's when you probably... My favourite one was walking through Chatham and hearing someone shout off, fuck off, you're just jealous because I'm pregnant. That's genius. I don't know what it means, but um, I can assure you I wasn't. 
We've also had the one um, that took place quite near us, which was, you slept with my best mate, I slept with yours, I thought we were even, obviously not. <laughs> which I think was taking place between a girlfriend and a boyfriend, which yeah. just makes it absolutely fantastic. I think we know the best way to deal with this, though. Shoot them? No, I think we should bury them face down, submerged <laughs> in water, with metal pins driven through their shoulder blades. Yeah. Jeremy Cole, yeah. his DNA test, <laughs> waving at them, telling them to get a job. Oh. We could store, uh, if we've learned anything from this week's episode of Paranormal Cast, then I think we've learned that what the world really needs is Jeremy Kyle as Matthew Hopkins. And on that note, thanks very much, guys. This has been a Paranormal Cast for this week. I'm Lee Enfield. And I'm Sally Morgan. See you next week.